Hey, my name is Adva Hanan. I am obsessed with everything early childhood education and supporting you through your teaching career. I help you feel supported, encouraged, and continue learning throughout your time, both inside and outside of the classroom. I am an early childhood teacher who saw a huge gap in how early childhood educators are supported and guided throughout their classroom experience. Classroom management, teacher burnout, and distance learning are all topics we cover here. So get ready to learn, grow, and become the teacher you've always dreamed of being. Let's make an impact together. Do you consider yourself a leader? I don't mean within the administration. I mean a leader in your classroom. I know I never did until very recently. But if you think about it, teachers are leaders. So if you're looking to learn about leadership and the mindset work that goes along with that, I have the thing just for you. I am hosting a free, yes, free, workshop called Lead with Confidence. Here's what we'll be covering. What it means to be a leader, leadership styles and qualities, importance of mindset in leadership, and that is not it. There are going to be more opportunities to learn about leadership after this workshop. So the workshop will be taking place on July 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you are interested, I ask that you click the link below to register. I can't wait to see you there. Today, we will be hosting an amazing, amazing guest. Her name is Anisha. She is an early childhood entrepreneur, coach, and specialist from Toronto, Canada. She has been in the field of early childhood education for 10 plus years, playing a variety of roles in the field from classroom roles to leadership roles. In her current role, she is the CEO of a company that focuses on supporting the early learning community through professional education, consulting, and empowerment. Not only that, she is also a self-published children's book author. Now let's give Anisha a big welcome to Shaping Little Minds podcast, where she talks all about her experiences in the field of early childhood education. Can you introduce yourself so that whoever doesn't know you and is listening can uh, get to know you and hear about you? Cool. So I am Anisha Angela. I'm an early childhood coach, specialist, and consultant. I live in Toronto, Canada. Um, and yeah, just a little bit about me. I'm all about empowerment in the field. I'm all about supporting childcare programs, centers, um, leaders, educators to be the best that they can be in the field through my coaching and consulting services. So yeah, I kind of just took the step into entrepreneurship. I've been in leadership for a very long time and decided to kind of step out on my own and try something completely different between you know my coaching and consulting business and then also with my children's book so I'm also a children's book author um and just kind of take a a step out into you know becoming a part of the narrative of removing limitations away from early childhood entrepreneurs and early childhood professionals and period a uh, period so um yeah that's a little bit about me <laughs> so you kind of gave a, a general overview, but I would love to hear about your journey in early childhood leading up to um, stepping out into the world, because I know you've been in it for 10 plus years. 
Mm, yeah. So I've had a pretty, I'm very grateful for my experience because I've experienced a lot of things. So I worked as a lead educator at uh, my first child care center several years ago. I worked with infants, I've worked with toddlers, preschool, school age. And then that's when I decided I wanted something a little bit different. So I moved into leadership. So I was an assistant director. I worked as a supervisor. Totally love that. That's where I kind of captured my love for inspiring and empowering educators to be the best that they can be in the field in that leadership role. So from there, I moved into adult education, which is, was kind of a swing of change for me um, because I went from being in charge per se of staff and uh, childcare centers to actually just being a teacher and teaching um, educators and getting them prepared in the field. I know you talk a lot about mentorship. That's where I got majority of my mentorship in the field is just getting people prepped for the field and giving them real insight and tips to be great in the field. So I moved from that into another leadership role, which was my more recent one, which was pretty interesting where I was a senior area director for a corporate childcare center. And I was overseeing 45 locations at one time. and that was great because it gave me a bigger scale of understanding the business in early childhood and understanding the supports needed in early childhood. When you play a role like that in corporate, um, you're on the go. You're on the go. You you are going here, going here, two locations in a day, um, but you kind of see a little bit of the lack of support. Um, whereas, you know, you're jumping from location to location, whereas you know, sometimes that supervisor or that team really needs you there for a few days or for a week. And because of the role I was playing, I didn't really have the chance to do that. So that's where I really thought of the support um, in that aspect. But in that role um, was really great because it was on a grander scheme of early childhood to now. So now I started my own business, taking everything I've learned in the field from, you know, wanting to empower teams, wanting to, you know, give information and educational um, background and professional education to those in the field into my role where that's where I what I do every day and I think um, a big part of it too was um, I was discovering burnout I was discovering burnout and in all the roles that I was in and I just really had a desire of stepping out of those limitations and starting a role for myself where I can enjoy what I do every day and also have the flexibility to um, say you know what today's not the day for me I need space I need time and I'm going to come back and rejuvenate and come back harder so um, that's another another reason why I went for that but that's a little bit about my background in early childhood I love it um uh, the 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 idea that you can take back time as an entrepreneur is is a big thing in the business world but I think um, especially as teachers we know what it feels like to just feel like you just don't have time you're running and you're running and you're running and yeah. it just then you crash and you do it all over again <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so yeah that I feel like a lot of people are going to resonate with that idea of taking back their time especially um, I, I talk about this and I think I spoke to you about this, the fact that I never felt like I was meant to be inside a classroom. I love education. I love early childhood, but as, as much as, as the classroom came easily to me, I didn't feel like that was my space, which is mm -hmm. partly why I also reached out to you about entrepreneurship and publishing and et cetera. Um, okay. So your journey is all in early childhood and you still help a lot of teams, you know, build great companies and great um, childcare. So I want to know what is your favorite part about early childhood? 
Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. That's an excellent question. <laughs> My favorite part about early childhood is just the power that we hold as professionals in the field. We are really, even though we're still working with society in terms of seeing us as important aspects to education, um, we're powerful as professionals. We really set the foundation for families and children in the work that we do every day, whether we work directly with children in the classroom or maybe we're managing a center or maybe we're doing something like entrepreneurship. We are such a huge force that really helps future children and families be all they can be, basically. When you have that foundation of education through early education, um, children just get put on the right foot and the right path to being successful in their further years in education. So I think that's my favorite part about early education. Even though we are very much overlooked, uh, we are really that foundation that this world needs and society needs uh, for our future leaders, which are the children. I love that. I love that. Because we really are one of their first teachers when they step into the school world and uh, yeah, we help to raise them <laughs> um, in, in ways that parents don't necessarily do that. And it's, I love that part of education myself. Like I, right. I love, I loved seeing my kids, my students grow. Um, and I, I've been in the center that I was at for six years. My first students there are in third grade now. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. It's insane. Like, it's, it's insane. Yes. So amazing. And you set that pace for them, right? You were their first teacher. You were that person to give them those essential skills for them to do well. Or, you know, another aspect we look like, we look into the field too is, you know, sometimes we, we get children that may have identifiable needs or special needs or anything of that. And that, those early years is when we're able to identify those things, get them help and support, and get other people around them within their community, whether it's their parents, other teachers, to understand what their needs are, how they learn, and that sets the pace when they go to school because they already have the blueprint of how they learn, and then they move up into the other grades and have that already done, and that's all done in early education. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's so great to see. Um, so we spoke about the our favorite part so now i'm going to ask you what you feel was when you got into the education field early childhood whether it was in a leadership position or in the classroom um was missing for you i know mm. we spoke we both have spoken about mentorship but i'm wondering if you have other ideas as to or you felt that something else was also missing oh man how much time do we have to get <laughs> You know, I, I feel like there's there's quite a few things. Um, but one thing I can I can say on a personal note, in my in my opinion, I think my biggest struggle was working within establishments and within programs that really didn't have the balance between the business side of early childhood and the foundational educational part. So um, for those in leadership, they'll very much be able to identify with this, but it's, it's caring for the staff, caring for the children, caring for the families versus filling the spots, 
filling the centers, filling, making sales. There's a, there's a balance that needs to happen between the two that a lot of leaders don't really get to grasp right away because they're either really heavy on the sales side and then they are filling the spot, centers doing, making money and all that stuff as well. But then we're lacking when it comes to the support for the educators. We're lacking when it comes to the support for children and understanding their needs. Or we're really heavy on the other side where we're all about that part, but then the business fails. And if the business fails, nobody gets paid, right? So I think that was probably one of the hardest parts for me was establishing a balance between the business side of early childhood and then also, you know, the foundational educational side and the support, um, I would say. Um, and just, um, you know, speaking to other people in the field and just another aspect, which is kind of not related, which is leadership. The, tree, the true look at what leadership is and what it should be. So, you know, um, people that are in leadership, sometimes they take on a persona that that is, I usually call it ego leadership, where it's all about, you know, how you look as a leader and, and all that stuff as well, instead of being more of a servant leader, where you are serving your staff, serving the teachers, serving the families, and you are more of, have a servant heart in the sense of supporting them in that way. Um, so I know a lot of people struggle in the field with leadership and having good leaders and stuff like that as well. So I would say that those are probably the two that I can, I, there's a long list, but there's, <laughs> those are the two struggles I would say that's more personal to me, aside from society and having to basically that you know we are a big part of society and education um yeah those would be my top things <laughs> I think it's super important to have a balance um and I know from just um applying to my own leadership positions that um like the the director that was hired for this preschool that I just got a job at or I'm waiting to hear back from more like it she is very strong in teacher support and mentorship also and the business side is not really her thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that having someone to balance you out in that sense when you are in a leadership role is also important. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so we spoke about leadership and your journey to that leadership and what was missing and what's been like something that you really love about early childhood. Um, now I'm curious, um, you went right into the entrepreneur um, role, and I'm curious how your business kind of came about. Mm -hmm. Nice question. You have great questions. Um, okay. So um, as I mentioned before, throughout my experience in the field, I was, I was fortunate, enough, fortunate enough to play different roles that captured what I love doing in the field. So that was the empowerment that was, you know, inspiring, that was teaching, like teaching teachers um, and getting them ready and all those aspects. And I had the, you know, I had the passion for all of that and identifying that and all that. But how I got into it was, um, so my last role was, as I mentioned, as a senior corporate leader overseeing uh, quite a few centers and um, the world shut down. COVID happened, right? Mm -hmm. And the world shut down. And I had a lot of prior to that, I was doing like webinars and stuff like that as well. I was working on my children's book and stuff like that. But I never really went full throttle. 
into it um, because obviously uh, my mind was elsewhere and then paying, playing a position like the one I was playing in that role was um, very time consuming, very, very time consuming um, with, you know, managing so many centers and stuff like that. But then the world stopped and COVID happened. And I felt like I always tell the story about when <laughs> the center shut down, I probably was the only one smiling that day because I realized that was my sign that, you know, if you're not going to move, the world will move for you. So um, that's when I took the time to really strategize and bring together my passion in the field with turning it into a possible business. And that's where I discovered and started working on that aspect. So combining everything I love doing in the field and just, I think I was also getting into the point of burnout as well in the previous position, but I didn't want to own up to that as well because work just has to happen. Um, and realizing I can bring in my passion and what I do every day and create happiness for myself every day by doing what I love and just went full throttle with it. And then it came to a time where I was actually making money and I was like, Oh, this is a thing. Like I can actually like be happy with a smile on my face and, um, and make money. And then it came around to, you know, a few months later when I got called back to work. And at that time I said, you know what, I'm okay. I can do this. I'm going to stick with my business and I'm happy that I did because now I'm doing fairly well. Obviously I have other goals and stuff like that to reach for sure. But um, that's where it came about is just discovering what I love doing in the field and turning it into a business. I love that. I think it's important to do what makes you happy and to really go full throttle with it. Um, mm. I know this year was crazy for a lot of teachers, uh, most teachers actually, and this kind of year just kind of shows you where you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing. Yes, I think yes. Um, as early childhood professionals in general, we tend to work and work and work and work and then not actually take the time to think about what we want for ourselves. Yeah, it's so, so true. that so true. was definitely a lesson for this year. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's a good lesson for the listeners to here and try to, you know, if they are pursuing something like entrepreneurship or a leadership role, kind of give them that inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned writing your children's book, um, mm -hmm. which I have seen um, on your page and it's been so amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about your publishing experience? Yeah, so um, so Zoe has an allergy has been a project in my mind for several years. Um, I think what held me back was um, discovering the traditional publishing route and discovering that there's a possibility that I can finish my story, finish the manuscript, hand it to somebody, and somebody reject it. And I don't take rejection very well. So that's what held me back. I said, you know what? I'm not about to work hours on this and I know it's a great book and somebody tell me it's not a great book. So that's what really held me back. But, you know, during the time I realized that there was another outlet, which is self-publishing, where basically you're taking your project from beginning to end, you're hiring, you're subcontracting people for different portions of it, and you're in charge of your own sales. And really it's based upon you, based upon you and your success. And, you know, that intrigued me because I was already a person that I'd love to be in charge. I love to do things for myself as it is, but then also 
also just to be able to be a hundred percent hands-on with my ideas and my vision for my book that's what really intrigued me about self-publishing so i looked into that a bit deeper and then i just started i started it from you know i hired an, an illustrator worked with an editor um got it printed held my first copy and i said you know what this is amazing and i sold um i did really well actually my pre-sales were amazing before the book was even done and i realized wow. because that idea that was sitting in my head actually was a good idea but it just took me um learning about a different outlet and then also tapping into um what is it called there's a there's something that we the word i say it all the time the one time i need it but um just intuition. the doubt this, yes yes intuition there's another phrase i'm thinking of um anyways it's just talking yourself into um, not wanting to do it because you're thinking of so many aspects as to what can go wrong and those limitations. So just pushing through that. And uh, I'm happy that I did because I never really realized, you know, with Zoe Has Analogy, the whole point of it was kind of to create a book that um, I identified with as a child um, in terms of, you know, being a black child um, with severe food allergies and um, seeing a book that looked like me. Uh, that was my goal for it and being able to put that into the world and whoever likes it, likes it. Not realizing I was tapping into a whole community of families and children that needed a book like that. So I'm happy that I pushed forward with it. But I would say that the limitations that stay in your mind is what helps me back when I'm happy I went through with it. Yeah, I actually talked, I, I've been working through my own mindset and limitations. Um, and it is, it's crazy how much your brain can literally just start telling you that you shouldn't be doing this, that this isn't going to succeed, that you're not going to get enough um, money, or you're not going to be able to, to get the, get to the goals that you want to get to and pushing through those are is the hardest thing so yes, yes it's awesome and amazing that you were able to get through those limitations and still do what you wanted to do and have the success which is amazing Thank um imposter syndrome just thought about yes, it yes there we go imposter syndrome. <laughs> that is it. yes imposter who am i to write a book <laughs> exactly yes, and, right? and honestly i have those thoughts all the time who am i to create this podcast mm. how how am yeah. i how, what do i know in comparison. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it, it's really the imposter syndrome is really strong there. And yes. from what I can tell, uh, from what I've done in terms of my mindset, um, a lot of it has to do with you switching it to the positive and really forming that, um, taking whatever that negative was and forming it into a positive and working from there. Because otherwise right. that negativity will stay and you, it, it'll be, um, what is the, what is the phrase? A self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have one more question. Sure. Um, can you give any of the early childhood educators, professionals who are on this podcast, one tip um, who want to grow and possibly start their own business? Um, what would that one tip be for them? Mm. That one tip would be that. Just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. As simple as it is, I can think of like a huge list of things, but just go for it. And the reason why I, I mentioned that is because um, 
we already know what we love doing. We know that we're good at it. Usually we align with what we love to do with what we're good at just naturally. So putting those two aspects together, um, you're going to be successful. Whatever success looks like for you, you're going to be successful, but you have to go for it to be able to see if it works or not. So whether it works or not, you have to do it regardless. So why not just go for it and see what happens? But I'm definitely, um, you can use me and you as an example of people that have stepped out and decided to take the plunge on something and we're on the other side and we're happy. So um, definitely join us on the happy side. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I love that. Go for it. Do it even when you're not, quote, ready for it. Because um, mm-hmm. that is something that I think a lot of, uh, I, I know for me, I didn't start because yes. I felt like I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to share with the yes. world what, was that, what I was thinking because who am I? Um, yes. So go for it is the best piece of advice. Absolutely. Yes, yes, exactly. And letting go of perfection. That's what it is. For me, that was a huge thing in terms of um, making that step in that move is we have this mentality that things have to be completely perfect when in fact when you just do it you just perfect it as you go you're not able to take a look at what's working and what's not if you don't just go for it um definitely so you know letting go of perfection and just letting things roll the way they're supposed to roll exactly so one last thing can you tell the listeners where they can find you i know i'm gonna take the links that you posted and share them in the show notes, but you can also tell them yourself. Okay, great. So you can find me almost everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram. So my main page for myself is um, at anishaangela.co. If you're interested in learning more about Zoe and my book character, I have my Zoe account. So that's at meetzoe.com. You can find me at Facebook, anishaangela.co as well. Um, Twitter, anishaangela. Um, And uh, in terms of getting in touch with me, my website, www.anishaangela.books. Sorry, www.anishaangelabooks.ca. And then you can get in contact contact with me through my website and stuff like that as well. Amazing. Thank you for doing this. This has been actually a really nice conversation, especially as I am stepping into the entrepreneurship more full-time than I was before. So it was helpful even for me. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Anisha coming on and talking to us all about her experience in early childhood and her publishing experience. Keep learning, growing, and becoming your best teacher selves. I am so proud of you. See you next time, teachers.